So I asked Andrew earlier, I said, hey, which wine do you want to drink on the podcast today? Do you want this white wine or this rosé? And he was like, rosé all day. And even though we did rosé the other day, I was like, okay, we'll do another rosé. This is true. I said rosé all day. He's like in a rosé phase and I was like, I'll go with it. Um, This one doesn't say if it's sweet or if it's dry or anything about it, but it is a Jolisse Vineyards Rosé. It's 2018 from California. It's super pretty label. It has like a foil sun and then little foil stars and printed stars. And it's like, I don't know. It's one of my favorite labels we've gotten recently. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's 12.5 alcohol percentage. That's pretty normal for a rosé. I actually think it's kind of on the lower side. I mean, rosés are sometimes a little bit lower than yeah. others. Andrew's had a sip already. I'm mm-hmm. sniffing it. What does it smell like? Uh, strawberries. I'm kind of on the fence about it, honestly. I, don't, I want to hear Lindsay's opinion first. Um, It's not bad. It, it's all in, like... I wouldn't call it sweet, but I wouldn't call it dry. It has like, you know, like the acidic part of a lime. Yeah. Like I'm getting that. What's that called? The citrus. It's like a citrus, but it's not like citrus forward. It's like on the back of your palate. Yeah, there is like a little bit of a bite to it the more I drink it. Like it is dry, it's I like guess. Like it's drying my, I don't know. It is drying my tongue. It's a tart. It's a tart wine. Grapefruit. Tarte. I feel like every uh, every rosé now, I'm like, grapefruit. 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 What, it's pink? Um, grapefruit. <laughs> yeah. So we have an interview today with Jessica Hirsch from Cheat Day Eats. But before we get to the interview, I thought we would, like, catch up on some hot topics. Yeah. You know, keep things going. So I had, like, a million topics written down on Wednesday we didn't get to them all, and I guess they're not, like, that important if we didn't get to them, but we started playing Overwatch again this past week, and Andrew used to play a lot, and then I would play on his account, like, arcade games and stuff, but I got my own account, and I started playing, and they've added some new characters and maps and such since we played before, and I was interested to see what Andrew's favorite characters are right now. I like the new character a lot. I didn't think I was going to. Which one? Echo or Sigma? Echo. And Sigma's good too, actually. Because both of those were new since we started, like, since we stopped playing. And what's his name? Baptiste was, like, brand new when we stopped. Yeah. I I stopped playing when we left LA, so. Yeah. Basically, when I quit Costco, I. You just stopped. I just stopped. Gaming because you didn't, didn't need, need it to. anymore. Yeah, and but now, now we're, we're in quarantine. quarantine. It's like, oh man, I need to find something to do. So I feel like I yeah. used to play a lot of breaks, and then what else did I play? I played a little bit of Arissa. Yeah. But now, oh, and Diva. I used to play some Diva, but now I've mainly been playing Mercy, and a little bit of Briggs and Moria. But I I've discovered that because I'm a really bad player, I feel guilty being anything except for support. Uh, because yeah, me too. I know that I like if I'm healing, I'm at least like helping the team in some way. But if I'm DPS or tank and I'm not doing anything productive, then I'm just wasting like space. Got it. And I'm actually making it harder for them. 
So I'd like, I like to play characters that make it easier for my team, not harder for my team. Yeah, that's like a taboo in video games. Like, you don't want to play if you're bad, but you're always bad when you first start. I know. So, so I'm like, well, at least if I'm like hanging back a little bit and healing people, I'm doing something that's yeah, helping us win. Yeah, it's pretty fast-paced. So. Lenovo is coming out with a gaming smartphone. Lenovo. Lenovo, yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about like them making smartphones like specifically for gaming honestly i feel like i mean it's kind of like they open up the outdoors again like i'm not i'm gonna trying to go more on more hikes and like yeah like i just we i've been jogging lately and it feels so nice just to, like look at the sky sometimes like i don't know yeah i mean i obviously won't be getting it because i'm not that into gaming but I'm assuming they're just going to make it like a Nintendo Switch with phone capabilities. I guess. I don't like, know if I like that that much. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it sells well or not. That's what I was going to say. It doesn't matter if I like it or not, but I don't know if it's going to sell that well. But I do like that like they're coming up with competitors for the iPhone and for the Galaxy phone. Like, Yeah, honestly, really hardcore. it depends on how they market it, if they choose like to market it with a low price on it, then I think it could be popular. I think if they kids. team up with like Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo and like make it a collaboration well, between Nintendo's the two. Nintendo's not going to collaborate because they might. They've already kind of got like a handheld, so they don't want to like. Well, if they could make more money off of a phone handheld, but I'm that's sure the they thing, would. Though. Like, I feel like Nintendo's not as stingy as, say, like Microsoft or mm-hmm. PlayStation. And the reason I think that is because, like, look how long the Nintendo Switch has been out. And it's, like, a very quality piece. So they're not having to, like, replace it every few years. Where it's, like, the Xbox, I feel like there's, like, what, three or four of them? And PlayStation, there's, like, how many PlayStations are there? A ton. Four, I guess. Maybe they're going to come out with a fifth one soon. But didn't they... I guess there's only been that many. It seems like there's been more. Yeah. I think it's because they always have the special edition... Well, like, honestly, like... when they came out with the third, that should have been... That's when they... They came out with a Switch right after the third, right? On... For, like, time scale, on the time. The Nintendo Switch came out after the fourth PlayStation. Oh, it did? Okay. So Nintendo Switch newer. is still new. So, or maybe they came out around the same time. Yeah. Either way. So PS4 is not, like, I guess that old. I wonder if they're waiting for Nintendo to do something new. But Nintendo, like, doesn't move on very quickly. Yeah. Like, there was, like, six or seven years where, like, the Wii was, like, the newest. I wonder if they're going to, like... I don't know how they're going to make games. Because they had to upgrade a lot of the companies to, like, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Because they just couldn't support the new software or technology. Like, they weren't able to use the gigs or whatever. You know what I mean? So, and now it's, like, you can have, like, 40 gigs on a disc. Or... Uh, not on a disc, but uploaded into your system. Yeah. So it's like they changed the whole software where you're not putting in cartridges. You're just uploading it directly to to the system. So I'm curious to see what the next switchover is. Like, I know Microsoft is always working on VR and stuff, but I don't know if that is the way. But we have been watching... uh, Upload. We finished Upload. Which they use a lot of, like, VR headsets and whatnot. To, like... To, like, show what the future could be. Well, because they go, like, the... One of the main characters is, like, a customer service representative 
for Lakeview, which is like an afterlife that yeah. you can upload to. Basically, so like she can like, put herself into that afterlife and like talk face to face with the people that are like sort you, of dead. You can like basically stay alive through uploading your conscience to like a digital avatar and like your memories. Yeah. So, which is cool, but then it, you kind of fall into the same thing where like, if you don't have the funds to help to support it, then mm-hmm. you're going to just fade away anyway. Kind of thing. And they left the season on a cliffhanger. So oh, I, I know, know they're going to do a second yeah. season because they have to. It was so good though. They did a really good job. That's one show. If you're in quarantine bored out of your mind to check out. And that one, I may reach out to some of the actors from that show yeah. or like the creators of that show about being on our podcast because sure, I actually be really cool. enjoyed that show. Me too. So Andrew's topic. Uh, I could share it. I don't know if I, how I feel about it. Cause okay, so I got in a friend with a, I I got in a friend with a fight, I got in a fight with a friend, like, like an old old like childhood friend, mm-hmm. and like I don't really know what it was about. It was a political fight, I think. He said something along the lines that I'm a communist. Like I feel like that was just his go-to maneuver. And you're like, like you're I social. said nothing about communism. And I did, I'm like I didn't say anything, and like. I never made any comments to that. And then he, like, went off. I think he got, like, proved wrong, kind of. Like, I was like, well... Because I, I said I really like Larry King and the way he interviews. And, like, how and he has he, people that was from it. both sides. And That's then... literally all I said. And I was like, check him out. Because I knew he hadn't checked him out. And he, like, just went off on me. And called you a communist. He called me a like... communist social <laughs> pig. Like... Yeah, and I was just <laughs> like, like, Larry uh, King. Okay. And then he hung up. And then he sent me some really rude text messages. But, so that, the thing I want to discuss was, is it wrong? Okay, so his birthday was, like, two days later, and it was on Cinco de Mayo. So, like, is it wrong to be, like, happy birthday, and then be, like, happy Cinco... It's, like, kind of pa- happy Cinco de Mayo on this, in the same text message. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's kind of, like, passive-aggressive, isn't it? Be like, oh, I remembered your birthday because it's on Cinco yeah. de Mayo. It's kind of like... Uh, but also, it does help people good. remember his birthday because it it's does, on Cinco yeah. de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> it helps people remember his birthday and then remember not to send him anything. <laughs> <laughs> did he respond to your happy birthday? Uh, no, he yeah. didn't. No. <laughs> which is like, he kind of got felt that passive aggressiveness, which is whatever. But honestly, he's kind of like really paranoid individual. Who lives out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, so we are now going to go to our interview with Jessica Hirsch of Cheat Day Eats. Be sure to check her out on Instagram at Cheat Day Eats and then at CheatDayEats.com. All right. Here we go. And what you do. Yeah, so I'm Jessica Cheat Day Eats and I run a social media account uh, where I focus on food, travel, fitness, and lifestyle. Awesome. So you used to be a math teacher and you like transition from that into like a content creator and now you're building like an entire lifestyle brand. So like how did you go from like one extreme to the other? Well, it actually happened kind of naturally. So I was teaching for about seven years. Um, I had always envisioned that's what I would be doing um, as a career. And I've, in addition to obviously, you know, being a teacher, I had other hobbies and passions and that included food and travel. Um, and, um, where my name came from is obviously it has like a fitness aspect to it. So I've always been super interested in my health and I would have these cheat days and I'd always plan it. And I've always been like 
a little bit borderline obsessed with food. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, we would travel based on where I wanted to eat. So, um, I started my account just as, as a, like a hobby because I saw there was a community online and I wanted to be a part of it. So I started posting photos and videos and I noticed that people were excited to see what I was posting. And, you know, obviously in the first few months, it was just kind of fun. And then I realized that there was more opportunities there and I wanted to keep sharing and keep creating amazing content with uh, the community that I had. Awesome. So yeah, about two years in is when it really started to transition into something more full time. Uh, a lot of people had reached out restaurant wise to uh, hire me for social media manager since I had built such a strong presence for cheat day eats. And so I started to take on um, all these other jobs, like side jobs. And so basically a few years in, I had like a whole side hustle going on. Um, and I felt like I was living like a double life, like I was a teacher in the day. And then by night I was like going to events and creating content, um, you know, with the community. There was a big community in New York who was like hanging out all at the same time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, it just happened naturally. So how do you find new places to try? Like when you're like, oh, I want to try like a new burger. I want to find it, whatever. Do you like go on Google or Yelp or Instagram? Like how do you find those new places? You know, I think it's a combination. I guess it depends. Like, for example, in New York, we're constantly um, getting new restaurants and there's always new things that are on the radar. And I typically see that on Instagram. So like a new restaurant might, you know, pop up on my feed because someone else posted about it. Um, that's usually how I find it. But when I travel, especially if I'm going somewhere that might not have as much of like an online presence, like I really have to do a little bit more hunting. But usually I'll start with Instagram and then I use you know, depending on where I think TripAdvisor might have a little bit of a stronger pull than Yelp, but I'll kind of use all my resources and like pull together where I want to eat. Awesome. So you are almost at half a million followers. Yes. <laughs> so How are you going to celebrate? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't even think about that. A big cake, a crazy cake. Yeah. I, I mean, I've actually, funny enough, been like celebrating with cakes whenever I could because I was like, any reason to celebrate with a cake? <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to do something big. So you also have a travel page, which is yes. your service, and you were traveling like all over the world, but now you're yeah. still home. So how do you motivate yourself to still post about travel even when you're stuck? Well, I think at the beginning of this, it was a little bit of a transition and I wasn't sure where to go with it. In general, in my Your Room Service account, I don't post as often as I do with GJ Eats. Uh, I've been trying to find content that feels homey in a sense, or just aspirational, like obviously, you know, I think we we'll all know that this will end and, you know, we will travel again. And so I think that there's something to be like, you know, looking forward to. Um, but also I have like, you know, content creators that I repost their content on that page and they've created like their at home and room service, you know, and I like am inspired by that and they killed it with that. So I was like, oh, I should post this on my account because it's like, you can create that experience at home too. Yeah. So I think a lot of people look at what content creators do and go, oh, that's easy work. Like, what does an average day look like for you, though? Because it's obviously not just like going out and <laughs> like eating. Yeah, you can't see my face right now, but I was like, oh, my gosh, well, you can. But <laughs> um, I just ended a video shoot and I was like so stressed. Uh, I think there's a lot that goes into it. So it's like you're a producer, director, editor, you know, I'm uh, creating these, for example, we're in this situation right now. So, you know, I've transitioned a lot to recipe content. Um, so I'm constantly trying to think about like, 
what people would be interested in seeing. It has to be something that people are, can get, right? So it has to be accessible. So I'm creating the recipes, executing the recipes all by myself and then editing them. Um, so it's definitely a lot more uh, challenging, I would say, in a sense than going to a restaurant. I think there's pros and cons actually, uh, but the pros are obviously I keep shooting in the same you know, scenario where I'm able to edit a little bit quicker because the colors are constantly the same where a restaurant, you never know what you're going to get, you know, it could be mm -hmm. dark, it could be funky lighting. Um, but then on the other hand, it's like, I'm the one doing the recipe at the same time that I have to do the video. So I feel like I'm like trying to play like three roles at once and I enjoy it. I love it, but it's definitely a challenge, but I'm ex like excited that it kind of forced me this situation to uh, do a little bit more recipe content. Cause I think that that's something I've always wanted to do. So I always love baking and cooking. So it's uh, something that I'm excited to like continue to share. And I've gotten such a good response with it. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot. If there's the behind the scenes and luckily like I'm a two person team. So my partner, who's also my fiance, handles a lot of the back end stuff and I'm glad that we're able to share it. But yeah, I think that there's, I mean, you know, even at the beginning of this, um, things were starting to slow down in terms of business, but I was, con I'm constantly like, I constantly have work to do because there's always content to be putting out no matter what. Yeah, I've noticed that the past week more and more people are losing their public likes on Instagram. How do you feel about Instagram like phasing out like people being able to see how many likes something gets? You know, it's a tough situation. I'm not really sure how I feel about it because I I just I guess I wonder how it's gonna affect the engagement rate that businesses look at mm -hmm. so like i think people were in a sense respond and maybe it's a good thing or a bad thing to the fact that like if there is a lot of likes they're gonna like it where if there's not maybe they won't do that action mm -hmm. and then since they're not doing that action like maybe those are the type of people who were liking but they might not comment so now it doesn't count for anything yeah. uh, i'm not sure I, I think i'll have to get a little bit more in the behind the scenes of the analytics before I make a decision on it. Yeah. So for someone who wants to get into content creation on Instagram, what type of gear or programs would you recommend for someone just starting out? Well, funny enough, I'm actually hosting a class next week on Bubble Up and I'm going to be teaching on how to use, take amazing photos and videos on your phone. Um, because like I do have professional gear and I'm a Sony photographer. So there's two ways to look at it, but if you're just starting out and you have the phone, then you have gear, you know? So yeah. the quality of the photos and videos on our phones is pretty amazing. Um, but I'll be teaching, you know, some of the things you want to look out for. Uh, yeah, your camera's amazing, your phone camera's amazing, but not in the dark, you know? Maybe mm -hmm. what can you do to like enhance that photo with using artificial lighting, even if it's someone else's phone? Um, just thinking about different things that you can use, uh, like, people might not check their settings and they're recording a video and they might record it at a setting and then try to slow it down. But then it looks like it's flickering because they did something um, in the setting that wasn't at the quality that it should have been. So I'll be talking a lot about that. Um, so I like the fact that it's accessible and everyone has a phone. Um, but then of course, if you want to get more into uh, professional cameras, I'm a Sony uh, photographer and I love their gear. I think it's light and easy. Um, I travel with it, but I think having both is kind of fun. Awesome. So speaking of Sony, you've worked with like a bunch of huge brands from like Hilton to Hyatt to Sony, everything else. And what brand partnership was like the most surreal for you? 
Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> I actually, funny enough, I, so back to the phone, I work with Samsung and like, I, I love like something that I use every day and I can talk about it and be super passionate. Cause I think there's like the iPhone people, you know, and yeah. I'm like, Hey, Samsung. <laughs> yeah. I have um, everyone, it's like my favorite thing ever. So what is my Samsung phone? Oh yeah. Samsung. <laughs> yeah. So that was really awesome because, uh, I started working with them uh, and it was awesome because they have a lot of great like events in the city and then they also um hired me as talent and we went out to thailand and we shot a bunch of videos so i just think that it was it's really cool because they have a lot of like it's not just they give you they will help you you know like talk about the new phones and learn all the aspects and they have these events that like help uh when you know the launches of the new phone just that they have a lot going on and i love like it's a community yeah how do you find like a balance between posting things that are accessible and things that are luxury? Because it's like you get to go on these really beautiful extravagant vacations and work with like the best gear, but then your content is still accessible to a lot of people. Yeah. So how do you find that balance? And actually, I think that's kind of funny because I, I think it's just who I am. Like I love that hole in the wall and getting a burger. And then I don't want to like go back to like a luxurious hotel and yeah. it's, this isn't something that I do on a pressure like this is just me in general. So I think that's something I like to share because you can be a little bit of both. Like you don't have to choose. And I think like you said, um, a lot of the content that I create is accessible. It's, you know, like pancakes and more like comfort food. But then I add this element of, uh, you know, the professional look that I have with a lot of my videos. So I feel like it kind of has like a little bit of a mix of both. And I think there's something for everybody out there. And I hope that I have people who can relate to what I do. Awesome. So what advice would you give to someone who like is trying to grow a brand on Instagram? What are the top things that they can do to build an audience? I usually would say that one of the biggest things is being yourself because I think a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people out there who see successful accounts and they want to replicate it. And of course it's good to get inspiration. I do also, cause there's so many amazing content creators. But think about how you can make it your own is a huge thing. I think being able to show personality. So there's so many food accounts. And early on, I realized like I wanted to show who I was because then someone can connect with me. They're not going to connect with a burger as much, you know? Yeah. Um, so being having that personality and then engaging with their community. I think too often people post and then people respond and they don't respond to their followers. And it's like, you're starting a conversation and you need to continue it. Yeah. So where do you see your business going in the next five years? You know, it's something that I think that this time has, you know, I've been thinking about this for probably two years and I'm like, this time should be like the time that it's like that light bulb goes off. Um, I want to be able to uh, continue to grow my community off of Instagram um, and maybe off of social media in a sense. Um, whether that even be with like an email list of a ways that we can connect past, you know, social media that gives a little bit more insight with what I'm doing. Um, not sure exactly what that is, but I hope that's, you know, just where it continues to go. And I think passion wise, I love to create content. Like I could, I get excited about editing videos and I hope that in the next five years I'll be, you know, the person that people will be going to to create content whether it's for a hotel brand biz, you know business um you know candy brand whatever it is you know like their go-to person to 
come in and create content. And I do that now, but I would say like on a more consistent basis um, with certain companies would be amazing. Awesome. So now I'm going to ask you your favorite places to travel, but for specific things. Okay. Okay. So where is the best place to travel for food? Italy. Pasta. Easy. <laughs> I love it. I love, we love it so much. Every time we go there, I mean, yeah, I could do it every day. <laughs> okay. So where's the best place to travel for like R and R? Hmm. I haven't been there yet, but I'm trying to get my fiance to take me to the Maldives. So maybe oh. that, but uh, I mean, I think he always jokes because I'm like the type of person that I can't really sit on the beach for that long. <laughs> so restaurant relaxation is hard for me. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of like a beachy area that we've been to where I've actually, Aruba was gorgeous. And that was the time where I actually like sat on the beach and I went in the water and I really like took time to relax because sometimes I find that challenging. Yeah. How about for sightseeing? Um, Bali. I mean, there's so much to see in Bali and uh, we were there for about a week and a half and I still felt like there was still so much to see. I mean, there was the distance, like not everything's super close to each other, but I want to, I wanted to keep exploring. Awesome. And then shopping. Shopping. Ooh. Hmm. I like like cute little towns, like where you can kind of venture through. Like we did this, uh, Viking cruise and each port led on this like beautiful little town and there was little like knickknacks and stuff and not that I would even like buy it but I just like love walking into this like quaint little places versus like high-end shopping like I feel like you know finding that little gem that's something I loved. Awesome so where is your favorite place for wine? Ooh I mean Napa was amazing and I feel like Italy, like it's like water there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we went to Napa and I just think there's so much there and I love learning about it and how like passionate the people are that work at the wineries. Mm -hmm. um, we've done a few different trips out there and every time I go, I'm always impressed and I love learning yeah. about it. I was born and raised there. So I lived there oh. for 25 years. Um, so I'm interested in here, what were your favorite wineries in Napa? If you have like, I'd have to look back because it's been about a year and a half, two years since I was there, but yeah, I could get back to you. I, I don't remember the name. Sorry. <laughs> so then what would be your favorite place to go if you wanted to like go hiking or just like spend time outdoors? Hmm. You know, funny, we actually did this five hour hike in Cinque Terre. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if they'll have it anymore. Um, I know there was like a mudslide a few years ago, but just like hiking through the town was really amazing. And I love hiking. Oh, another place that was like beautiful is like Switzerland. And I would, I'd love to do more hiking. I haven't done enough, but, um, and you said hiking and then what else? Just being outdoors. Just outdoors. Yeah. Switzerland was like just stunning. Just being out there and like seeing the mountains and like castles. I was just like yeah. blown away. Awesome. So that's all I have for you. But where can people follow you online? So I'm Chita Eats across all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. And then of course I have my other accounts, your room service and hot button Club.
Fabulous. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Thank you.